We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform, the Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same, and love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant, Pastor Wali Tejumade. Get ready for a transformation. For the benefit of those of you who may not know, Deeper, which you are in right now, it's a Bible teaching conference, I call it. And um, it was birthed, you know, by the leading of the Spirit of God. And the essence is very simple. To exposing everyone and anyone interested about growing deeper in God and in His Word, the truth of God's Word. When I got into this country, you know, 2016, up through 2017, you know, as someone who was already exposed, you know, to God's word and prioritizes it, I was looking for opportunity to be taught God's word beyond the regular come to church on Sundays, hear it for 40 minutes, and then come to church on Wednesdays, which sadly many people also don't do here. And I couldn't find any. I couldn't find any. And so the Lord ministered to my spirit. The death that you've experienced or that you have seen is the reason why you need to take on the bulls by the hunt. And then you need to begin something such that others can be blessed. Another reason why deeper was created was also because with all sense of modesty, I've seen ministries across this city, actually this nation. And I make my boast in the Lord to say, to finding a place where the word of God is truly taught, it's a rarity in this nation. In this city, more so specifically, you find people on the pulpit without power. You find the word being taught without power. You see, you know, executive pastors. You see, I mean, this also somewhat depends on the kind of things you're already used to. I was already used to solid food. I had moved from flesh to bone. The one you'd have to crack. I looked and I searched around. Only a handful of them. As far as this city is concerned, I know I'm live. No disrespect to any ministry or anyone. I doubt if there are up to three or five churches that is given to the true teaching of God's word. And you see, there is no believer that can grow without a genuine appetite for God's word. Your transformation, your deliverance, they are hidden in God's word. If you don't have an appetite for it, you can you will become a transactionary believer. You will begin to run from pillar to post. From you begin to look for prophecies here and there. You will begin to junket, move from one church to another, because the doctrines, the doctrinal teachings, you should have been exposed to. You are not exposed to them. So then, you find ministries. 
where Pastor A would come today, man the podium, and says he's teaching about the Holy Spirit. The next Sunday, Brother B is the one who is going to be teaching. And Brother B would say he wants to teach you about, you know, um, um, take for example, financial success. The next Sunday, another person will come up and say they want to teach you about God's word. So there is no systemic structure in place that a believer can be exposed to that can actually cause them to grow. It's the reason why deeper is created. If you worship in lofty heights, if this is your home church by now, you know what we prioritize above all else in this ministry is word. The, today, I went on Google. I don't know what I was looking for. I just searched Lofty Heights Christian Center, Regina. Actually, on my browser right now, when I put Lofty Heights Christian Center, it will show Regina to show Calgary. So I picked Regina. When you check Google reviews, for example, any organization for that matter, if there are certain phrases or words that those who have dropped reviews, they've used during the course of their reviews, you know what Google does? Google groups them for you. So if I need to Google, say, an auto mechanic shop, for example, and then I took a look at it, even Amazon reviews, same thing. If you've been using, say, you reviewed a product, this phone, and you say, excellent. She uses the word excellent. Excellent, excellent. Google groups all those keywords and then forms them as a bulk. So it, then it will tell you 30 people, excellent. The next major phrase or word being used, you will say. So I went on Google, checked lofty height. The first, the word. You can go on Google yourself and go and check it. So if you're a believer, the true thirst of it, huh? it's in your capacity and your appetite for word. Like I teach all the time, a believer should hear, take for example, there is no single is expressions member here. Aside from Brother Judy, not one person. To sing is good. But to know what to sing and how to adulate God, it is through the word you will know. To pray is good. To pray in God's will, it is via the word that you would know. To worship the Lord is good. To know what kind of worship is pleasing unto God is via the word. So now that I've laid a foundation about deeper and told you what deeper is all about, I usually like to begin every session of deeper with this fundamental. And I'm going back again to God's word. Listen, because this is a Bible teaching session, everything that you'd hear me talk about, you'd hear me teach, they're in here. Now, as a student of deeper, you have the responsibility to believing in the absolutability of God's written word. If you do not, then you'd have a challenge of being blessed. So then let us begin with the Bible. Because that is where everything is going to be taken bearing from. 2 Timothy chapter number 3 from verse number 16. 2 Timothy 
He says, every scripture is given. Not some of them, not a few of them, all of them. Every scripture is given by inspiration of God. He says, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Every genuine believer must first, all, must first of all believe in the absolutability, the infallibility, and the irrefutability of God's word. It is the foundation of our Christian faith. There is no one who is genuinely saved who should ever doubt anything written in God's word. No one. You know, on Monday... I was teaching those who registered who are in our ministry school that are Lofty Height Academy. Now we are running 200 level, which is the Growth Academy. And I was teaching on um, LHGA, I think that's 203. I took 3 and 4. Specifically 3. You know, I was teaching them about the doctrine of Trinity. You claim to be saved. You claim to be a believer. But you have a problem accepting that God is triune in nature. Something is wrong. Amen. Amen. Something is wrong. You claim to be saved. Right? You claim to be a believer. And then you have a problem reckoning with the person of the Holy Spirit as a person. Not as a force or mere force or as a thing. Then something is wrong. That was one of the reasons why Apostle Paul in, the, in his, you know, Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter number 6, from verse number 1. He says, now therefore, let us lay aside this very foundation. And he listed all those foundations that need to be listed. Hebrews chapter number 6. Those of you who attended deeper, you know, you would be accustomed to this already. Hebrews chapter number 6 from verse number 1. He says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. He says, let us go on to perfection. Not laying again. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. And of faith toward God. The next verse, verse number 2 now. He says, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on other hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. In other words, these things are basics, elementary. Same thing with God's word. You know, just over the week, um, this past week, I was in my office, you know, at home, and my daughter came in and my son to, I allowed them to come in most times to just bond. You know, I'm studying, watching messages or whatever, and they're just in my office, you know, playing. So they were on their tablets. And I told Lasha to do something for me. Then Adassa also got up. Then Adassa found my phone or my Bible, my hard copy Bible. Then Adasa said, Daddy, I thought you said that nothing should be placed on the Bible. I said, yes. I said, you're right. I, bet, I said, but not like my phone because I was studying with it. I said, not like my notes. I can place my notes. This that I have here on my tablet right now, you know, I have it first in my note. I can place my note. So then I looked around in the office and I then began to show her examples of things. 
that I cannot place on my Bible. E.g., cup of water. My food, I should use it as a saucer. Such that as I'm eating the food, eh, the spirit of the Lord can enter. I cannot do that. You get what I'm saying now? Now, I'm sharing this to let you understand that to my children, the sanctity, the need to honor the written word, God's word, is already sold to them. So then, that tells you that beyond just, you know, honoring the written word, you must then also be interested in what it says. Bible says the one who hears the word and does not do them, it's like a person who took a look at himself in the mirror, sees what it looks like, then turns around and forgets what it looks like. He says, but for the people, you know, who look into the perfect law of liberty and continued daring, and do exactly what it says. It says that this one shall be blessed. I lay this foundation at every edition of deeper. You must have sincere desire for God's word. And you must believe it. You must believe it absolute ability. That's totally absolute. I teach all the time. The numerical accuracies you see. The comma the full stop, the semicolon. You see, they are perfect. It's one of the reasons why you know, one of the ways in which you know that truly it was God who took, the, who took over the faculties of the authors in writing them. Because if that book, the Holy Bible, were the invention of man, it would have been full of errors. You must believe in its infallibility, meaning that it cannot fail. You must believe in its irrefutability because it is the very foundation of the Christian faith. The Bible is God's word to man. It's not man's word to God. Did you hear that now? The Bible is God's word unto man, not man's word to God. Because the Bible tells us yet again in 2 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 21. It says, for prophecy never came by the will of man. The holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. That first Peter, second Peter 121, second Peter 121. Holy men of God spoke as they were moved. And lastly, on this foundation of the word, there are three things the word doesn't do. I caught this revelation in 2018. Those who've been in this ministry since then, they will tell you about it. In no particular order, the word of God does not lie. It does not change. It does not fail. Please, it is important for you to take note. Okay? The word of God does not lie. It does not change. It does not fail. It does not lie because God cannot lie. It does not change because our God is an unchanging God. It does not fail because there is no failure in our God. God's word is complete. God's word is complete. Okay, so now having laid this foundation, let's go a deep further into the subject matter of tonight. My contemplations at this particular edition of Deeper is to teach us, you know, about divine leading and the gift of prophecy. 
But while I was preparing, it occurred to me that deeper should be an opportunity to really, really learn and go deeper, right? So I decided, therefore, to take away the gift of prophecy part. I'll take that maybe in winter edition of deeper if Jesus tarries. So tonight, let's focus on divine leading. Someone say divine leading. Divine leading. Come on, say like a minute. Let's see Psalms chapter number 32, verse number 8. Psalms chapter number 32, verse number 8. And this, I want to use this as my anchor scripture, you know, for all that I'm going to be teaching tonight by the help of the Spirit. Psalm chapter number 32, verse number 8. I will instruct you And teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. The Lord just ministered to me right now that that is a word for someone who is connected to this deeper. I will instruct you. And then I'll teach you in the way you should go. I will guide you with my eye. My contemplation yet again is on divine leading. Man is troubled. Man is lost. Man is confused. Due to man's inability to knowing God's mind or hearing God's voice. If you were to cast your mind back right now for some of the things you went through in the past, if the Lord had told you very expressly without any ambiguity, that it was going to bring you out of that shallow moment you were in, you'd have no cause to be alarmed. So, man is troubled. Man is restless. Man is worried because man does not have the capacity to see through God's mind. For every one of you under the sound of my voice, for example, if God speaks to you right now without any form of ambiguity and tells you what your next one month or two months or three months will be, you'll perhaps just be sleeping and be waking up. You would have no cause for sorrows, I mean for worry or for alarms. But glory to God yet again for his written word. Because like I've always taught us, the written word, it's God's voice unto man. I need you to put that down in your notes. The written word is God's voice unto man. The written word, it is God's voice unto man. But yet, what does the devil do? The devil blinds the eyes of the people. Just such that you don't have an appetite for the word. And because you don't have appetite, you don't know exactly what it says. You cannot transit from mere logos, you know, to Rema then you cannot lay hold on anything. Divine leading. For those of you who attend Lofty Height and been part of the teaching series, you know, the shepherd and the sheep, I want you to corroborate everything you've been learning on the shepherd and the sheep up to part four, I think, I've taken. 
Tomorrow I'm going to conclude that teaching by God's grace and I'll take you part five. I want you to consummate, you know, all those knowledge, everything you've learned, you know, part one through to four into this teaching tonight. And again, I'd like to reestablish that it is God's desire to lead in you. Listen. After the salvation of your soul, the next most important assignment in your life should not be capacity to heal the sick. Not to raise the dead. Not even just to worship the Lord. It should be in discerning his voice and following his leading. The very moment you enroll, you, you enlisted in the Lord's army, your next decision or your next most important assignment should be, actually it is in your ability to follow in his leading. Again, that's Psalms chapter number 32, verse number 8. Psalm 32, verse number 8. I will instruct you. I will teach you in the way you should go. And I will guide you with my eye. What does that say to you? It means that of a truth, there is a way you are expected to go. As a believer, there is a way you are expected to go. Bible says there is a way that seems right unto a man. It says the end thereof is the way of death. Listen to this. The only way for you as a believer to becoming a wonder in this earth is by you understanding, discerning the leading of the Lord. It is in you following his leading. Outside is leading. Outside is direction, direction. Destruction is what is next. Listen. What makes you become as a wonder unto many? What makes the little in your hand to be multiplied or to be amplified? What makes your little label, you know, to be crowned with favor? It is in your ability to follow in the leading of the Lord. There is a way that seems right unto a man. Bible says the end therefore is the way of death. If you want to live a life of wonder, I have got only one charge for you this evening. And the charge is this. Thirst after, follow after, discern after, and obey divine leadings. Proverbs chapter number 3, 5 to 7. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Proverbs chapter number 3, 5 to 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Leaning not on your own understanding. That's the, that's the leading there. Are you all with me tonight now? Are you all with me tonight? That is where the leading is. Not leaning on your understanding. Like I've been teaching it can be good and not be God. But it can never be God and never be good and not be good. As long as it is God, it is good. But it does not have to be good for it to be God. 
trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. He says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. You know what that simply means? You saying, yes, Lord, what would you have me do? That's one of the reasons why it beats me. A believer who is saved, you've accepted the lordship of Jesus, sir. Your life is no longer your own. Yet you are still living that life as though it were yours. That's the reason why there is no difference between us and the ones that are not saved. Because they are being led by their heads. Some of us also, some of you also are still being led by your head. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Acknowledging him is giving him the first place. Acknowledging him is letting him know that you're open to his leading. He says, and then he will do what? He shall then direct your path. Tell me, I don't think it can be simpler. Bible didn't say you will direct your path. I mean, this is deeper, so we can go deeper into this. He says, he shall. There is a difference, sir. Between, okay, there is a master's in journalism uh, um, here. Sister Hope, will and shall in English grammar, are they the same words? No. No, shall is a must. It is so. It will be so. It shall be so. Will can change. It will. It's, that's not so whatever. But if you see the word written shall in, the, in God's word, meaning without any outer of doubt, that which you have seen is exactly what is going to happen. Then he shall direct your path. He shall direct your path. After, after you've done all the things you needed to do. Again, pay attention. The way to becoming a wonder in this earth. This very terrestrial place which we all are in right now. It is in discerning. Pursuing. Thirsting. And then choosing to obey the leading of the Lord. You will become a wonder. Like the psalmist says. The psalmist says, I have become like a wonder unto many. He says, because your word has been my meditation. Simply because he does only what he says the word says. And God desires to lead us. He desires to lead us. Lift up your right hand up unto heaven tonight. Say after me, Father, let me raise that sound a little bit. I receive the grace to understand and all that your servant is teaching tonight. My spirit is open. My heart is open. Teach me yourself by the help of your spirit in Jesus' name. The way to becoming a wonder is simply to follow divine leading. You want your home to become heaven on earth. Huh? Brother Ike, just follow divine lead him. You want to succeed academically? Just follow divine leading. You want to live in peace and harmony with people? Just follow divine leading. But divine leading just won't come. You'll have to thirst 
for it. There must be a genuine desire in you to be led of the Lord for the Lord to truly lead you. Hallelujah. Did you catch that? There must be a genuine desire in you to be led of the Lord for the Lord to indeed lead you. I will instruct you. Meaning that I'm going to tell you what to do. And then I will teach you. That which I'm asking you to do in case you don't know how to. I'm going to show you how and I'm going to teach you. The way you should go. Then I will guide you. The word guide in there is the Hebrew word yacht. Yachts. That's the Hebrew word. It means to counsel. I will guide you. Another version says to counsel you. It means to plan, to devise. Living a victorious lifestyle, sir, it is easy. It is in you just pledging every second, every day of your life. Lord, I want you to lead me. Then whenever your sense is nudging, is leading, you follow it. If by now you don't know how God leads, then you need to go back you know, to our YouTube channel and go listen to the messages, the shepherd and his sheep part one to four. It's the only way. Outside the Lord's leading, outside the Lord's leading, in any believer's life, the next is destruction. Only mercy can take you out of it. I'll bless thee, O Lord. I'll bless thee, O Lord, with a heart of thanksgiving. I'll bless thee, O Lord. You have a wannabe is expressionist. <laughs> Please celebrate my daughter, glory for me. Can you see? None of them is here. The glory is here. Maybe this is actually the point when I should actively recruit glory. Because I've always said, if nobody shows up in church, if I have a meeting, and glory is not working, huh? glory is not in school, glory will be where Peter is. I know, and it's not negotiable. I know it. She may come late anyways, but she will be there. But the Lord is providing her with the car very soon so that she won't be late again. Amen. It is in the Lord's leading that man's destiny is secured. Many homes, they're in a disarray. Why? You never sought the leading of the Lord before you said yes or before you went into it. People have done businesses. Money's gone. Somebody like me. Why? Because greed led you. Listen, it is in his leading that man becomes a wonder. And there is a way to do in this. Because for times or for days or for moments where you feel that you don't know exactly what to do. Or, but you have a genuine desire to be led of the Lord. I'm of the opinion, sir, that even if that decision ends up, being a wrong decision, you made it in your mind, not in your spirit, the Lord would have mercy. 
Because you genuinely desire to be led. You just didn't follow through. I mean, you just, you just weren't sure, you know, which of the leadings, you know, to follow. I take that to mean, you know, like a faithful error. That was why Psalm chapter number 23 says to you, he says, for his name's sake, for his name's sake. See, there are certain things God does or God will do in the life of a believer, you know, to just rescue you from the pit and the destruction that you're falling into. So I'm saying that it is best for me or better for me to have a genuine desire to be led of the Lord. And then wanting to be led and then maybe because I've not been well trained, ended up being led by my mind and not my spirit than me not even seeking God's face at all, at all, at all. You know that, okay, I don't want to jump the gun. I don't want to jump the gun. But, but follow me. In his leading, it is where destinies are preserved. You want to become a champion? Huh? Just follow his leading. Jesus' mother Mary wholly encapsulates what it means to following divine leading. Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Nike it. Some of you caught it, right? Just Nike it. Just do it. Listen, that is the summary of what it means to follow in the Lord's leading. It may not make sense. You may not understand. You may lose friends as a result. Just do it. And maybe it's been a while I also established this or made you to understand. I hope you know that your walk with God or your genuine desire to follow in the leading of the Lord it may cost you friendships and associations. Did you know that? Did you know that? 2014, when God spoke to me, you know, and asked me to leave Nigeria, you know, and come over here. Some of the things I did, you know, in following that instructions, I will share them more tomorrow's service if Jesus tires. I lost friends as a result. You know Why? Because they were willing to counsel me out of it and I was not willing to budge. I, I'll tell you this for a fact. What has helped my destiny thus far? It is my ability to hear in God. You see, and the Lord knows that if I know that he's the one leading me, I will never listen to whatsoever thing anybody says to me otherwise. The one who created me knows. He bears witness. He can, he can attest to it. If the Lord tells me today, see, I'm not making this up. I'm telling you what God himself knows. He, except I, I'm not sure. And now, as you walk with God, uh, your capacity to hear in his voice ends up becoming sharper and clearer. Then tomorrow in service, when I will be bringing to an end shepherd and a sheep part five, you know, that series, I will teach you tomorrow how to know if that leading is of the Lord or of the devil or of your mind. When God spoke to me to leave Nigeria, it, does, it didn't make sense. There is nothing special about my life. 
I'm not diminishing the power of the spirit that lives inside me. But I'm just telling you, you know the secret of my life? A genuine love for Yahweh. I love my wife so deeply. If you worship here, you know how doting I am to my children too. My wife knows, my children knows, I love Jesus way much more than them all. And you see, this love for Yahweh I'm talking about, nothing on earth can ever change it. Sir, it is not dependent on the size of my pocket. It is not dependent on what I have, what I don't have. Genuine, I'm telling you the secret of my life. The devil knows genuine desire for the Lord. And his kingdom, his kingdom. I will do anything, cross any mile, any ocean for the name of the Lord Jesus to be proclaimed and pronounced through my mouth. Unashamed. Unashamed. I think it was Paul who says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. He says, it is the power of God uh, unto perfection. This is for everyone that believes to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. People claim to love the Lord, but they truly don't love. Ah. Listen. Genuine love, true love. I mean, Bible says Revelation 12, 11. It says, and we overcame him, the, the devil, the old dragon, by the word of the Lamb, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies. Go and read the other part. Sir, he says, they love not their lives unto death. You know what that means? They didn't care if they die in the process. Their, their physical lives meant nothing to them. Listen, if you truly love God, you truly love Jesus. You can cross the ocean for him. You can do anything for him. You will know. And you will know. And the people around you will know. All this begging you to come to church. A meeting as this. Give to the Lord. Come and serve. And it's only when it's pleasurable. It's a proof that there is no love of his in your heart. We do these things. Not out of compulsion. If Jesus strips me of everything materially that I possess today, it wouldn't change the position. You think God is foolish? He will hand over a ministry as this. I started pastoring this church when I was 34, 33 years old. Next year I'm going to be 40. Tell me, tell me, in this city, in this province, or even in this nation, anyone you know within my age bracket who's carried the kind of grace that is here and that God's helped the way he's helped me or helping me. If you count across this nation, I bet you can't find five. Bible says he who is faithful in little he says more will be committed to his hand.
don't love God, sir. For some of them that serves with me, I've injected them with the love of the Father because I carry it. I caught it through the ministry of Bishop David Oyedeko. Things are going, sir, the way you want. Yahweh, oh, I worship you. It's not going the way you want. But that something is wrong with you and because of that, you call the bluff of the ministry or the church or serving in the Lord's house. Something is wrong with your head. If you claim you love him, love him. By makeup, I'm a very loving, I love people. I love anything my heart is committed into, I go all out. I'll do anything for my wife. One of the things, one of the promises I used to make to my wife then, which still stands anyways, is as long as I have the means, you will never lack it. When you see Lady T, ask her, if she requests for $5 billion today, the only ground on which she will not have it is because I don't have it. God forbid my wife would want anything. I have it and I cannot give her. If she says, I want a new car today, if I can't, if she's not having it, it's because I cannot afford it. That's simply telling you that I'd sacrifice myself for her. If I would do that for my wife, how much more God? He was faithful in little, huh? more will be committed into his hand. You think God will blow up this ministry this way, lofty height this way? If my heart has not been tested, Abba, Abba, think about yourself as a God, as God. And you see, that love, one of the things it does for you is that it makes you crazy for Him. You will never in your life have to compromise. As yesterday, which day was it now? A few days ago, I called, posted on uh, Men of Purpose, you know, the Men's Fellowship, to have this backdrop displayed. As of the last time I checked, not one person acknowledged the message. I mean, not one. Not one male in Lofty Heights acknowledged it. That day, not one person showed up. Then I thought to myself, and I said, Tell you, this is where you always make the mistake. You know why? Because I always think that everyone is like me. That the way I'm crazy is the way they are crazy. And I keep missing it. So I said to myself, I'll just call one or two persons. I called Casey. In fact, it was the only one I called. I didn't call any other person. I called Casey. I, I didn't call you because you will be at work you will, and you're working out of the city. I told Casey, I said, I want to have the board up. I said, come to church and come with one person to come with you. I'll be here. The three of us will do it together. Without hassles, the three of us did it. When I made the post yet again, not that nobody showed up, not one person acknowledged it. 
he can never be my pastor and I will do nothing to him. God forbid. Even if I can't make it, Pastor, I'd have loved to come. But I'm sorry I won't be able to make it. I was asking just of recent and I was talking about talking to them about you know ministries where their pastors are not savvy not technologically inclined how do they survive I don't know about any other ministry sir but I know about lofty height imagine that I have no affinity huh, for technology for social media for excellence for any of all these things what would have been the state of the ministry then it occurred to me it is the reason why many of the ministries around they are the way they are when I go in here um, or Orobs that's Wendu I placed this pulpit here I went to the back looked at it from the back and I saw that it was not properly aligned. It should be at the center of this arc. It was not. I called Dion. I said, see that puppy is not centered in the arc. I said, when um, Lois is done praying, I said, go and adjust the puppet and just tilt it a little bit. Some people would have said, let us leave it. I cannot leave it because my eyes have seen it and it is God's business. It's part of the love I'm talking about. Number two of my secret is a genuine desire to do in the whatever pleases the Lord. You can't truly love him indeed and not want to please him. But you must, you know, daily as you live, as often as you breathe, you must just let him know. It's like every day you open up your eyes, you know, you're breathing yet again. You say, Lord, today I repledge my life to you and I want you to lead me. That's why I could make the boast to say, my God knows if, if I know he's the one leading, he knows I will never disobey. Divine leading. And without a doubt, when you then go through the scripture, Genesis to Revelation, you will see every one of exploits in the Bible, they had genuine desires to be led of the Lord and following the leading of the Lord. You would also find in the scripture, sir, the ones who disobeyed the leading of the Lord, what happened to them? Listen again, listen, listen. This is the central caption for this edition of Deeper. The way to becoming a wonder in your generation is following divine and leading. You will seem like a superman. <laughs> you do what? You will seem like a superman. People will be wondering why you do and how you do the things that you're doing. So I went through the scripture of Genesis to Revelation. Begin from Abraham, for example. God said to him specifically, now sacrificed unto me your son. He didn't stop at that. He says, your only son. He didn't stop at that. He says, the son whom you love. In case Abraham would be thinking it was Ishmael. So God was trying to let him know. Specifically Isaac. 
there was no question asked. No question asked. Bible says he took the lad. As a matter of fact, on his head, he put the wood to be used for the sacrifice. And they kept on joining. The Bible tells us, the lad then said, I can see the wood on my head. I can see the matchstick, but I cannot see the ram. Papa, where's the ram? Bible says, Abraham said to him, he said, the Lord will provide for himself. They got to a junction. He told his these um, protocols is um, eight. He said to them, "You guys stay here while the lad and I go yonder to worship." No question asked. If you read that scripture, Sister Hope, and you stop that Genesis, you will miss it. You need to go and study the book of Romans and the book of Hebrews to understanding Abraham's justification. Hey, Bible says Abraham obeyed. Had no business, no problem, no trouble following that divine leading knowing fully well that if God kills his child, same God is able to bring the child alive that is what it means to be committed to divine leading he had already picked the knife about to slay he said, now look up he looked up Bible says his eyes were open and he saw a ram caught in a thicket. And the Lord said, use that ram in the space of your son. And that was why that place was called Jehovah Jireh. But today, as a believer, you are claiming Jesus, my provider. Jehovah Jireh. But you don't want to do what Abraham did. What led Abraham to describe in that place and then actually then ascribing God as a jiry was simply because of that provision, that leading. Before the provision came, the leading was there. Can I beg you, child of God, to just have a sincere desire to just follow in the leading of the Lord? Sometimes I've seen the devil sweeping into people's lives. A ministry as this that's been a blessing to you one million and one times a pastor like me who's gone above and beyond for you one million and one times all of a sudden the devil will creep into your heart and then you begin to um, um, what's that word now dissent is it no resent God bless you, Sister you begin to resent your pastor for many of them, it doesn't stop at that. Then it will keep calling you. You would ignore the call. Message sent to you, you ignore it. Who bewitched you? What happened? What did it do to you? That you cannot think about how far God has brought you under the same roof, same ministry. You cannot think about the days that has been there for you. There on one thing, not that I stole your wife or begged you for money. You cannot find it in your heart to let him go. And then you'd wake up one day all of a sudden and you'd say you're leaving the church. It's so sad because many people then would hide under a guise. Then they will come to you and say to you, the Lord asked them to leave. Without a doubt, you know it's the devil. You see, if they were single in no relationship, 
sometimes I can understand. But you know the ones that beat me the most? Couple. Then I'd ask myself, okay, if the wife is not thinking straight, what about the husband? Or if the husband is no longer thinking straight, what about the wife? If they're in a relationship, if the guy is medul oblongata, is doing coin, 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 coin. Okay, what about the girl? Okay, if the girl is the one not thinking straight, what about you, the guy? It is only in being planted where God wants you to be planted that your blessings come. I think it was yesterday night or two nights, yesterday night, Lady T and I was still talking about these things. And Lady T was saying, you know, how people do these things beat her. People change churches like there is no tomorrow. You come here, you stay three months, six months, one year, maximum two years. You're already going elsewhere. What are you looking for? Something is wrong. Something is wrong. Desire to follow in the leading of the Lord. So where you would know that it is missed, it is where they then come and then say, God told them. But you will know it is the offense in their heart. It's not a crime to leave any church, including lofty height. But just to make sure it is not as a result of an offense. You will walk outside God's will. You will. It's so certain. That's one of the reasons why when people come to me, you know, maybe you come to Lofty High, for example, and then say, I want to begin to tout Lofty Height as the best ministry after um, Timothy's farmer's rap to me. I don't buy it. You know, they will begin to glow you and all of that. You know, I, I don't buy it. Divine leading. Abraham was certain. Abraham was very sure. If he kills him, you will bring him back to life. Can you confidently say so about your God? You know, few was that last month when I was teaching the capacity to multiply series. I, went, I took you through the story of Jacob and Laban. You all remember, right? You all remember how God, via his angel, woke Jacob up in the middle of the night and said, Jacob, I am that God unto whom you swore in Bethel. I have seen the wickedness of your master Laban over you. Now arise. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Being blessed is very simple. Just be thirsty for his leading and then follow it. Simple. The life outside Christ Ah, the life that you're living outside Christ that's making you happy and pumping it is the least available in God's kingdom the least you know many so called big boys and big girls outside there or slay queen and uh, no they don't call them slay queen again right now they call them badi am I right is that what they call them Star Hope do you want to help me you don't know okay <laughs> brother Ayat she said she does not know amen you know, I have a property up for rent and then some ladies have come around, you know, to check it. Um, brother Itoro, and by the way, if you deal with properties, real estate and all of that, you may want to talk to Itoro. He does it so well. You know, he was the one who put it up for, for rent for me. 
So he had told me that some ladies came around. So a couple of them wants to rent the property to stay and all of that. I asked him, I said, are these slay queens or no? He said, no, pastor, I don't think these ones are slay queens. I said, okay, I want to meet them the following day. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Genesis to Revelation, it is there, divine leading. Imagine the Lord didn't lead me here. Imagine. I bet you say that I won't be the first person God will lead. And perhaps the point, the period he was leading me, maybe I wasn't even only the, old, the only person who was leading. But you see, walk with God enough that you would know that when you are persuaded that it is him, he would not have a doubt in his heart that you would do his bidding. This morning, when I woke up overnight, the Lord still brought to my spirit the story of Amaziah. It is one story in the Bible that humbles me. Bible says, Amaziah did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He says, but with the wrong heart. Oh. Can you look for that scripture for me now? Amaziah did what was right. If Samuel is watching, Samuel can search for it and send to you very quickly. Amaziah did what was right in the sight of God, but not with a clean heart. You know what then happened? The Lord rejected him as a result. The Lord rejected him as a result. Is somebody there? Amen. I can't see anybody behind that system. And please ask them to come out if they can't, you know. Amen. Amaziah did what was right in the sight of God. Has any one of you found it? If you found it, please tell them. Was it? Yeah, it should be. Second Chronicles 25. Verse what? Verse 2. Let's start from verse number 1. Thank you, sir. Second Chronicles 25 from verse number one. You see, one of the things many people in media don't also understand is that, okay, some already even found it. When you are particularly the one in charge of displaying scriptures, you must pray to become a walking Bible. Such that as the, I'm not mentioning the chapter or the verse, you already know where it is and you're going there. And if you lack it, very quickly you open the Google. You open Google. Just put Amaziah did what was right. You'll see it immediately. That's how to become a wonder. It's also in obeying the Lord's leading. Please, can you give it to me now? Amen. Glory to Jesus. I've given you the verse. Oh, Second Chronicles, yes. 25, 22. Let's start from verse number one. See, Amaziah was 25 years old. When he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem, his mother's name was Juadan of Jerusalem. 
Look at the next verse, which is what I'm going to. Bible says, And Amaziah did what was right in the sight of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. Then, what qualified what he did as right unto God? So, my submission is this. The Lord requested for this item. He brought exactly what the Lord requested. Not with a loyal heart then means that he did it grudgingly. And as a result, he lost his reward. Divine leading. Paul became the signature of all eyes. A wonder because his continual thirst ah, was to follow in the leading of the Lord. Moses had this understanding. Lead us not away from here. If you know your presence will not go with us. See, it's that simple. And you know what I believe about life? The moment the Lord knows that is the posture of your heart, it begins to deal with you in the same regard. If you become too deaf to hear, you know what God will do further? He will speak to others to speak to you. I've seen that work in my life. You know, just uh, my wife was taking me to the airport. Um, few, I got here. I got back to Regina on Thursday, and then a friend, like a family friend of ours, who is based in Maryland, sent me a message on WhatsApp. I posted a picture. She reacted to it. You know, I mean, we. Very good friend, you know. They also have two kids, lovely family, both husband and wife doing very well. And she said, Pastor, it's only in my dreams I see you. She, no, she won't be the first to be seeing me in their dreams. People see me ministering to them in dreams. So she said, It's only in my dream I'm always seeing you. And I said, Ah, I said, That's exciting, you know. I said, I hope Paul is well. Then she said, I said, tell me the revelation you had. Of course, I think there were many. I didn't know she was pregnant. The Lord didn't reveal that to me. She was pregnant. Their last child, their daughter, should be about eight or nine years old. So she said she was troubled about the baby in her womb. And she was scared that she was going to lose the baby. So she was petrified. And then, I think out of the fact that she was anxious and she was petrified, the Lord visited her. And you know what God did? The Lord brought me to her in the revelation. Praying over her. And then, she said to me, she said, when I was done praying, that I said um, something about a testimony would not be aborted. or No, it will end in praise. She said, I said it. It will end in praise. So she woke up and then she started rejoicing that God loved her so much. Of course, she, I mean, she's my friend, so she knows, she, she reckons about God's grace upon my life. That God loves her so much that he could bring me to her, you know, to pray with her. But guess what? She lost the child. She lost the pregnancy eventually. So as she was saying that thing, I asked the Lord what happened. And the Lord said, I revealed you to her 
such that she could reach out to you so that you could de declare over her life and pray with her. But she didn't reach out to me. I said, so why didn't you reach out to me? said, myself and my husband just thought that since I said it will end in praise, that when God eventually does it, that then they will let me know. I said, no. Spiritual things are not to be handled with such levity. I'm only a phone call away. I'm only a phone call away. Hey, Peter, I had this dream, I had this dream. You prayed with me in the dreams. You declared with me in the dream. Say, could you please just also do this? I would have done it. And the Lord would have honored it. So then I asked the Lord, I said, what should I do? The Lord said, now, declare over her life what you should have declared if that baby was not lost. So I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus, according to the life of time, you would end up in few months being pregnant yet again. And she claimed it. I'm saying this to say to you that when you have a genuine desire of being led of the Lord, when you are full, you cannot hear the Lord will raise others because of the state of your heart, the purity of your heart. The Lord will raise someone else to speak the message to you. A friend in Abuja, you know, had called me, this must be like two, three months ago now. She also had a revelation, some in a dream. She was sick. She was about to be operated on. And then she was taken to the hospital, to the theater. She said a very big hospital. She was there. And then they said they were waiting for a particular doctor, you know, to come. You know, and all of that. And uh, eventually the doctor came and I was the doctor. Wearing white surgical gown. I mean, you know, and all of that. And people were saying, ah, oh, thank God. He's already here. He's already here. She said, according to her, she said, I kept moving from one bed to another. Performing operations, laying on hands on them and, you know, dealing with them. And they were all getting healed. And she was severely sick in the same dream. And then I came towards her, wanted to operate on her. And she said, no, because she was so familiar. I know that, no, 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 that she would prefer somebody else to do whatever. And then she woke up. And then I asked the Lord yet again. And the Lord told me what to say to her. There is something about her testing. I've not seen Anna for seven years or six years or four years, five years. So there is something about her destiny that is tied, you know, to me. And she must also receive it prophetically. But you have a responsibility in being led of the Lord. It is in the genuineness of your heart. Did you know some people, it doesn't matter how much the Lord says it. And it begins with little things. You are in church. They say give. You want to give five dollars. And you hear the Lord say, give ten dollars. It's that simple. It is that simple. Listen, like I've taught you, you know, during the, one of the teachings in Shepherd and His Sheep, right? When a believer consistently disobeys or disregards the voice of the Lord, they become deafened to his voice. Not because he's no longer speaking, but because you are habitually disobeying it. And as a result, you can no longer be led. 
genuine desire to be led. If you go through the scripture, you'll see. Mention it. Name it. All of them that walked in wonders. All of them. All of them. Each and every one of them. They had, they were led by the Lord. In this kingdom, we don't do things because we feel like doing them. You know, I said I was going to do apostolic summits. I mean, visiting Calgary. We had fixed the date. August 15th, 16th, 17th, I think. We've gotten the venue. Everything was said. But I just had an unrest in my spirit. I felt I was rushing. And I just put, picked up my phone, called the pastor, and I said, thank you so much, sir, for choosing to offer me your space. I said, but I'm sorry. I'm going to have to move that event. In this kingdom, we don't do things out of feelings. We do it because we are led. This obeying his leading is also as simple as you following God's leading, apologizing to your spouse. Yahweh, Yahweh, you, you are, are glorious, so glorious in your. In wrapping up my teaching, I told you it's going to be about two and a half hours, three hours. I want to go a deep, I mean, some steps further. Since we're talking about divine leading. I want to teach you three things. Three things that would help you to obey the leading of the Lord. Are you ready for them? Three things you need to do that you'd have to do that would help you to obey and following divine leading, the leading of the Lord. <clears throat> because without these things, there is no divine lead. You can't be divinely led. Without them, you cannot be divinely led. This is going to bless you. Those of you watching online, I celebrate you. Please, if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you may want to do that right now. And I also encourage you all watching online to please, you know, share the link with your friends and your loved ones. This is courtesy of Brother Samuel Irebu. So since he said I should make this free, the, um, the cost of this session, it will be eight all alone. Amen. And by the way, this is not a lofty height event. Okay? From next year, we are actually going to be changing it. Things like this is going to be streamed on my own YouTube channel. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Number one. Number one. You want to follow divine leading? Intimacy with God. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, while I was preparing this session, I almost changed my title to intimacy with God. Number one, intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. And very quickly, I want to define what I mean by that. Intimacy with God. Please make sure you are right and you're taking notes. I have here in my notes, as given to me by the Holy Spirit, intimacy with God is a consistent desire. Intimacy with God is a consistent desire. If media can please type this out and display this um, definition, that would be great. Intimacy with God is a consistent desire. 
and an unquenching thirst to knowing the Lord. Come on. Be conformed to his will till self is crucified and to become more like him. I would help you. I'll take it again. Intimacy with God is a consistent desire and an unquenching thirst to knowing the Lord. Intimacy with God is a consistent desire and an unquenching thirst to knowing the Lord. Be confirmed to his will till self is crucified and to become more like him. I'll take it for the last time. Intimacy with God is a consistent desire and an unquenching thirst to knowing the Lord, to be conformed to his will till self is crucified and to become more like him. You should have gotten that by now. So let me split it, all right? Let me split the, um, um, what do you call it for you? Um, the definition. Number one key word there, is consistent desire. Consistent desire. So, your desire to knowing the Lord is not a one-off. Not the one you put on when you step into the sanctuary as this. Or when you tune into service online. Not the kind of desires that come on on Sundays and Wednesdays. It is the kind of desire that stays with you 247. It is a consistent desire. Then I said, an, an unquenching, unquenching thirst. Unquenching thirst means that that desire or the thirst that you have is not one that you would have an encounter with the Lord right now. You then feel, oh, I'm made. This is the end. No. It is unquenching. As you are filled you become empty yet again. You go for more. As you are filled, you become empty again. You go for more. That's what I'm talking about. And an unquenching thirst to knowing the Lord. So both the consistent desire and the unquenching thirst, they are geared towards knowing the Lord. So you can sing like the songwriter says, daily as I live, a soften as I breathe, let my whole life be expressions of your grace. Daily as I live, soften as I breathe. Let my whole life be expressions of your grace. I cry, Abba Father, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. So every day of your life, there is a consistent desire and the kind of thirst that cannot be quenched to knowing the Lord. I want to know you. I want to see your face. I want to know you, Lord. So you are never filled as you're here right now being taught at deeper. You are getting blessed. But there is still a yearning in your heart for more. 
that is what intimacy with God is about. A consistent desire and an unquenching thirst to knowing the Lord. So you cannot say, Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 40, have you not heard, have you not seen it, that our God is high and mighty. He says no one can search the thirst, I mean the, the depth of his understanding. Nobody can fathom the depth of his understanding. No one can. Intimacy. This is intimacy with God. You see, an intimacy with God is the number one requirement towards divine leading. Many of you want to hear God's voice. Don't leave that. You are majoring in the minor and minoring in the major when you do that. Don't seek after hearing God's voice. Seek to knowing God more. The more you walk with him, the more intimate you become with him, the more you are accustomed to his word, I mean to his voice, and to his leading. Intimacy with God is the foundational, number one prerequisite. What do you call that in school now? Those courses that if you fail it, you can't even graduate. What do you call them? Prerequisite. God bless you. God bless you, Chioma. It's a prerequisite, all right, to follow in divine leading. Intimacy with God. So, the consistent desire must be there. You know, we talk about revival, and I just also don't want to touch, jump the gun. And pay attention to this. Many of you think that revival is all about laying hands on the people, being slain, you know, prophesying, you know, people, you know, um, you know, power, power, power. That, that's what revival is. No. Revival is a call to intimacy. I can lay hands on you. You can fall under the anointing. And you will leave this place. The life you used to live, you can continue to live it. But if you are revived, if you are revived, if you are walking in revival, like it happened here last week, Saturday, for example, you will see that of a truth, it will lead to transformations, tangible ones in your life. Every minister or every pastor who operates in power gifts or in the supernatural, somebody like me, for example, when that gift is first released on you, every little thing you have, you would always want to fall people down. I used to think that that was what supernatural lifestyle was about. The Lord asked me specifically to clarify this to you all. Because, you know, revelation is growth. The supernatural is not in your ability to lay hands on people and slay them under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It is in you awakening their consciousness towards the Lord and deepening their intimacy with God. Of course, yes, men. When you lay hands on them, if you are filled of the Holy Ghost, they may fall. You blow, you just breath upon them. You guys see that here. They can be slain. That's good. It's one level of supernatural. There is, there is, you know, a ministry that I know, a pastor that I know. Everywhere, everything, you know, literally even pushing you and, you know, you don't need all of that. That's why in this church, for example, for midweek service, if you've observed, I love the prophetic, I love, you know, revelatory gifts and walking in power. But I try not to ever let that be overshadowed you know, I mean to become more than the word 
I try to give room for the teaching of God's word much more than slain in the Holy Spirit. And without a doubt, if you get up, for example, and we are ministering here and you lay hands on someone, it's possible they won't feel anything. If I do, you must, if something is, you will feel it. It's in levels. As a matter of fact, to God's glory, God then graduated me as a result of intimacy with him to not even having to lay hands on you. To just pointing at you and then the power of the Holy Ghost. It's like an electric wave. I mean, you all have seen it here. It's like an electric, electric wave. Or as my fingers are pointed, you see it moving, touching you, and you are slain without me not having to touch you. The Lord moved me so much such that I can take off my jacket and just do, and you will be slain. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But the supernatural is much more than that. The supernatural is the life of God. It is the, the, the Paul in First Corinthians chapter number thirteen says, "You can prophesy, you can do this, you can do that." He says, "But you have no charity, you have no love in your heart." He says, "You are like a clashing cymbal." Revival, revival is sustained via intimacy with God. Sir, that is the secret of this man and woman. Intimacy. Listen, intimacy with God is not proven by how much time you come into God's household. As much as that is good. It is in your own personal koinonia with the Lord. Corporate worship is good. Individual worship is even better. For them in WPT, I charge them all the time. Listen, when was the last time you took out one day, two days, a weekend? to do nothing, shut off everything and just say, just Lord you and I alone when was the last time some of you will come into my office here in Regina for example now and then you'll see a sofa there someone that walks in and sees sofa, you know, in my office will feel, oh, ah oh, the pastor is balling, he has a settee, he has a sofa there but you only know about the sofa, you didn't know that it's a sofa bed it is a bed not, not for you to just sit on. It is for me to sleep in. Intimacy with God. A consistent desire. An unquenching thirst to knowing the Lord. I'm still on the face one. You know how you would know? Huh? If you're no longer, if you're falling down the radar of revival. When your consistent desire for the Lord is being, is being questioned when it's no longer there you begin to struggle about everything you pick up the bible to read there is no appetite you want to pray there is no zeal come to church it's a trouble ah, oh, oh must we go ah, I don't want to go Jerry ah, oh that pitage zone is even too much those are indicators huh, that your revival level is deepening see Look at this fan blowing right now. If I turn off this fan right now, it's not going to stop at once. It will continue to oscillate for some minutes before it eventually stops. It's the case of many believers. When the revival is not being sustained, the power is already shut off. In no time, you see that the fan is no longer blowing. 
It's one of the reasons why you'll be wondering, oh, bruh, she, she was a worker in church, but I knew her in church. And all of a sudden, nothing. Oh, you know, and she was serving so well. It's the reason why people will abandon their duty out of offense and go somewhere else where they will not serve. Something is wrong. Intimacy with God. Intimacy with God is a consistent desire and an unquenching thirst to knowing the Lord. The more I know him, the more I want to know him. Because this God is unending. You feel you've gotten to a level this moment. Tomorrow, you see that you just feel empty. Like, I don't even know anything again. You can preach. Come here, you know, and then, you know, preach. And then, you know, power will fall and all of that. And then, you just feel, oh, is that all? It's because there is a yearning in you for more. When there is no appetite for more of the Lord, again, in your life or in your affairs or in your dealings, something is wrong. The very foundation, the prerequisite to divine leading is intimacy with God. Somebody say intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. Then the B part of the definition, it says to be conformed to his will till self is crucified. You know what I meant by that? You are pursuing the intimacy, consistent desire to knowing the Lord and following his leading, having an unquenching thirst for him because you just want to do his will. Not for personal aggrandizement. I don't want to share this part, but there was something God's done mightily, you know, in my life and in the life of my wife, in our lives as a couple. It's towards ministry. And then we decided to make a decision some time ago by the leading of the Spirit. The one or two persons that we told said, Wow, you mean you're going to make that decision? Despite the mighty things God is doing. You see, for them, it looks grand. And for how far the Lord has brought us as a couple, we should sit on that which God has done. No. No. You know, I've taught you, in Christ, there is always more. Did you hear me? In, it, it doesn't matter what God's done for you right now. In him, in Christ, that which you have, that you are sitting on, you are grinding on, it is the least available for you. So I then said to Torah, I said, but why do people expect me to kill myself over this matter? Why? Why? If God did it then, he will do it yet again. He's the same God. He's the same God. So you're pursuing consistent desires with the Lord, having an unquenchable thirst for him, it's for you to be confirmed to his will. Till self is crucified. Self is the desire to be seen, to be recognized, to become pompous and arrogant. Till you can beat your chest and say, without God, there is no me. Till you can beat your chest to say, if they strip me of everything that I am and everything that I have, it will not change my intimacy with God or my love for God. That is intimacy. There are some people under the sound of my voice right now. You work. 
in Jesus' name, you won't lose your job or anything, you know, until what would happen. But if that happens, you may not show up to church tomorrow. When they call you, you won't even pick the call. Eventually, when you pick it, you don't know what I'm going through. Okay, we sympathize with you. There is nothing on earth that should be sufficient to separating you from the love of Christ. Nothing. 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 Kadosh, kadosh. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Kadosh, kadosh. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Lamb of God who sits upon the throne. He alone, He alone is worthy of Take it again. Kadosh, 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 kadosh. Kadosh, kadosh. It means holy, holy. Kadosh, 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 kadosh. Kadosh, kadosh, kadosh is the Lamb of God. It's the Lamb of God who sits upon the throne. Oh, He alone, sing it. He alone is worthy them up before God blessed them. And God blessed them with a vehicle now. Pick someone to church on your way. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. No, no. Please, please, no. Ike, Ike. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, no. Because the car must be kept in pristine states. I just say one of my sons in this church who just actually joined maybe a few months ago God just blessed him with a vehicle. I was sharing him, you know, with someone else just last night with a couple. He wanted to buy a car and then remember the unit in which he was going to be serving. You know what he did, sir? He upgraded the car he wanted to buy to a bigger one for the purposes of God's assignment. Tell me why everyone will not bless him. He want, like you wanting to buy, say, a salon. Then remember that the office in which you'll be operating or serving in the Lord's house requires you to have something bulkier, 
that you can use to carry loads in case you go to the airport to pick people up. Then choosing to sacrifice in a car for an SUV. Ah, is the Lamb, is the Lamb of God who sits upon the throne. He alone. Dress. This is Zara I'm wearing. Then it's not here. It's Zara, right? Hallelujah. When we dress, when we wear designers for us, uh, it is not to show off. It's to express our God unto you. You get what I'm saying now? You get what I'm saying? When we, my car, the first car I bought in this land with my own money, the first two cars I drove in this country, they were given to me as a gift. Two, two cars, the first two. The first car that I bought with my money was the Toyota Venza. I said, my wife. You know what the plate number is? God can. God can. Somebody asked me, why did you make that plate number? Why did you choose it? Because I wanted something that could also be used as a tool for evangelism. I've seen many instances I'd be driving. And people were on the other side or whatever would just look at me and just, you know, wave and smile and just. I want you to see that vehicle on the road. Regardless of what is going on in your mind, know that God can. It is possible. Don't ask me why my CC is pitted and not God can. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Glory to Jesus. Everything till self is crucified. People are too arrogant. Charlatans. Because of when I was growing up in the redeemed Christian church of God in Nigeria, right? Executives, the bank executives, you'll find them in toilets. While service is going on, mopping, you will not know who is who. But now, now you are so-called believers that want you to be worshipping them. Because they are the ones who have made you. You see, it's one of the real things. I'm very grateful to God for this ministry for. There is no financial pillar in this church. Oh. There are ministries like that. So you have one person, like Brother Chim Dindu, for example. So Chim Dindu, maybe his tithes alone is what pays the mortgage. Then the pastor begins to worship him. I, mean, I don't even have time to worship. You know I love you, right? My worship is unto Yahweh. I celebrate you. I thank you for supporting me in the works of the ministry. But you think that I'll confer titles on you as a result or give you position. You, know, you must be kidding. If I give you a position, it must be because you're an elder and this is your space. It is not here. You have one, you know, we were using an item that he has, you know, for church. And for some reasons, I think it wasn't going well. I mean, it wasn't getting along well, you know, with some people in that team. You know what this person did? Stopped bringing the item to church. And one day I just said, ah, 
Say, but you know we need this. We don't have the funds to buy us and um, the church own yet. Could you please say um, he, he just just doesn't want to bring it again because of blah blah blah. I shook my head. I said to myself, I didn't tell him this. I said to myself, I said, if only you knew. The Lord can snatch your soul right there. You won't wake up the following morning. And that thing that is so dear to your heart, it will be nothing again. But you know what God did? In the same unit the following week, God, I'm not sure this other person knew anything, got a better version of what this person took away. So self is crucified. The desire to be saved. I've been crucified with Christ, Paul says. Since nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He says, the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself up for me. Intimacy with God. To be conformed to his will till self is crucified. And finally, to become more like him. You see, that's becoming more like Jesus. Huh? It's the central essence of intimacy with him. Any intimacy or proof of intimacy with him that doesn't make you, that doesn't conform you to his will and make you become more like him, something is wrong somewhere. You are being intimate with something else. So the end result of the intimacy with God is to become like God. To become more like him. Bible says as he is, it says so are we in this world. As he is. As he is. Intimacy with God, yet again, it is the prerequisite requirement, alright, for divine leading. Many cannot hear God's voice. Because for them, God is come and go. Like some persons you'll find on the street and just speak, you know, and then be intimate with for one second. You throw them away, then you go. And you want to treat God the same way. No, it doesn't work that way. Intimacy with God. Again, this is beyond being in church. Being in church is good. It helps you be more intimate. Like many of you are here right now. And some are actually watching online. It is good. But you must have, aside from the corporate worship, you must have individual thirst. Individual worship. I teach them all the time. See, some Saturdays, Saturdays specifically, if you cannot do three days alone, two days alone, a full day alone with God, a Friday or a week, prepare your mind that that Saturday morning, you wake up, let's say 6 a.m., or 7 a.m. and just stay still on your bed. Switch off the phone. Take it afar off. You may choose to just watch messages or listen to them. Maybe listening will be better such that you will not, you know, be watching and then go elsewhere. And then say to the Lord, Lord, this morning, this moment is for you. Minister to my spirit. One-on-one. -on -one. That intimacy. In Philippians chapter number 3, 7 to 15. Actually, before then, yeah, Philippians um, 3, 7 to 15. Is that it? No. 
I think um, um, 2 Corinthians 13, 14, I should think. It talks about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was Paul praying. The love of God and the communion. Can you see? Another word for that word communion eh, is the Greek word koinonia. It means intimacy. It means fellowship of the Holy Spirit. You need it. You need it. Okay, what will make someone like me to leave my wife as beautiful as she is, my children as adorable as they are, and then choose to lock myself in here for seven days? You think it's about me being a pastor? No. Maybe someday when my wife has the opportunity, maybe she will tell you about some of my lives, my life and my practices even before I met her. In fact, now because of demands of ministry and all of that, those days are now reduced. I shared it before. In Nigeria, we had a three bedrooms, you know, and one of the rooms, you know, we were not using. I named each of the bedrooms. I called one part. I can go in there 14 days, 21 days, 7 days, 3 days. I won't step out. You'll see me on white, not eating. Sometimes just taking fruit. When I met my wife in 2009, nine, yes, yeah, 2009, you know, and we started cutting, right? I will go on a lengthy fast. I will not eat. You know what? My wife, I'll break, I break with my fast with Gary. What do you call Gary here? Cassava flakes. Okay. With, I break my fast with Gary and coconut. My wife would be the one to go to the store, the market, to go and buy the coconut. Seven days. Fourteen days. Uh-huh. Why are you having a sigh of relief? <laughs> so, 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 so then, you don't see, see, this life, it was word. You get what I'm saying? Ask Doro, ask her. Then on the last day of the fast, she'd have prepared, we're cutting, pepper soup for me. To, because after you've gone that far, you cannot eat anything for the next couple of days. So what would cause me to begin to... Anytime the desire for individual intimacy, time alone with the Lord in you is no longer burning, revival flame is dwindling. Some of you under the sound of my voice, you've never had it. The only moment of worship you have is the one his expressions are leading you on on Sundays for five minutes. Now, make a posture of worship and you lift up your hand like this, and that's it. There is such a thing for a believer called time alone. Bible says Jesus himself left his people and went alone far away from them to commune with the Father. Shut your phone that the Lord knows that the moment is even consecrated unto him because of your desire. You will be dazed. The, we took possession of the ark December 23rd or 26th. I know it's a day before Christmas or a day after Christmas. It had 23rd of 2021. 
2021, right? Our first service in this facility was December 31st of 2021. No, 2021, yes. December 31st, 2021 into January 1st of last year. The first person to testify in this facility is Sophia. So we had this. I knew. If the Lord's giving us this, I need to go deeper. So I locked myself here. It was in that koinonia moment. Uh, see, I almost died in that office. Samuel serves as my protocol. Samuel. Some of you have not met that son of mine before, right? It's me. When you see the spirit of his father upon him, when you see him. I almost died because I was there not eating, not drinking, not doing anything. I will leave that place every three hours. I'll come here. It was not this beautiful hotel. You know that, that one we brought from the hotel. Be rolling on the plank. God, make this your place. Every time we gather, visit everyone. Let it become like the Ark of Noah. One day, when life was about to be snuffed out of me, you know, I shut my phone and all of that. Sometimes I even release it. I caught someone. Unfortunately, I was calling him. He wasn't picking. Eventually, he picked. And I told him. I said, I think I need help. Please come to church. It was in that period. The Lord called me into my apostolic office over this nation. Can, can you... Let this be what you take away from deeper. This summer 2023 edition. If you are married, let your spouse know. Baby, tomorrow morning, I just want to spend some time alone with the Lord. And then, just please give me a chair. Give me, just give me one of these chairs or something. Thank you. Listen. If your heart is right, your intimacy with God does not have to be rocket science. It can be as simple as you waking up that morning. Just sitting on a chair has this. You need a couple of things. You need a pen, you need a paper, and you need your Bible. And just be still. And just reminisce on the Lord's goodness. Shut off all distractions. If you want, just be looking at the sky. And then make a melody in your heart unto God. Lord, I just want you to know that I love you. Help me to love you more. Take me deeper in you. Make my life an expression of your glory. I want to do your will, Lord. I want to be able to manifest in these spiritual gifts. Lord, give me. Lord, if you do, I will worship you with it. As you feel like, depending on how long you want to spend, you know, doing all of that. This is just for you to begin. For me, this is meditation. This is not time alone because I've gone past those kind of hours. But for you, you can just begin with that. Listen, if you make room and time for the Lord, the Lord will make room and time for you. The fact that you can shut off the things that are dear in your heart or to your heart for the Lord is enough victory. You can do that from 6 a.m. to 12 noon. Then watch. If you are still and your heart is right, your spirit is purged, there is no unforgiveness, there is no bitterness in your heart, there is nothing you're holding against anybody, pay attention. If I tell him, 
Say, Lord, I'd like you to please minister to me. Talk to me. Then hold that pen and your paper. For such moments with the Lord, what you need is diary. Not the kind of paper that can be thrown away. If you don't have that, use your phone. But I don't encourage phone because calls will come in. You will be tempted to quickly check in Snapchat and threads and Facebook. A death diary. A pen. And just begin to write. And then watch what, what, what happens. Every time the Lord has moved me forward, it's always been in that. I've shared this before. It was in my basement while I was overwhelmed by ministry and the demands of it that the Lord helped me to lift off the spirit of anger and unforgiveness and bitterness against a particular people. You need to spend time that intimacy. The essence is to conform you to the will of the Father till the flesh is crucified until you become more like Christ. See, as I'm teaching you all of all these things, I'm also asking myself the same questions. Many times, I, I think a lot. You see, and that's one of the things meditation does for you. Not the kind of meditation you do on yoga. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about being still in the Lord's presence. Good worship and avoiding distractions. Lord, what exactly is going on with my life? Lord, what would you have me do concerning this situation? Intimacy with God. It's a prerequisite to divine leading. I hope you're getting blessed. I hope you're getting blessed. Would you celebrate Jesus this moment? That's one of the reasons why you will see Paul crying. Or let's even begin with the psalmist. Psalm chapter number 27. Psalm chapter number 27. Verse number 4. When I was in school many years ago, this was the anchor scripture. You know how we end our services here with um, Psalms 1, 1, 2, 3. My fellowship then on campus, this was the scripture we used to end um, this thing with. One thing have I desired of the Lord. Please give me on the screen. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Psalms chapter number 27, verse number 4. Can you see why David uh, became a man after God's heart? It was nothing else but, sim but simply because he was thirsty after an intimacy with God. Take a look at One thing I have desired of the Lord. He wasn't looking for anything. See, you want to hear God. You want to follow his leading. You want to know how he speaks. Thirst, 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 thirst for intimacy with him. My wife and I have been married now for over 12 years. We understand ourselves better right now than we did year one, year two, year three, year four, year five of our, of our marriage. Why? Because of intimacy. Because we've been living together. One thing have I desired of the Lord. Displayed yet again. And that will I seek semicolon. So what is that one thing? That I may dwell in the house of the Lord. And let me let you know. The house of the Lord that David the psalmist wanted to dwell in then. Here. Huh? That house of the Lord is now in you. Because now you become the temple of the Lord. Is references to the Holy Spirit. 
So you literally don't have to come to a, an edifice or a facility as this to say, I want to be dwelling in this place. Literally. No. The spirit of the Lord is in you. That's where it dwells. It is in you having koinonia with him. That I'm a dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Inquiring in his temple is knowing what God would have you do. Are you all with me tonight? Are you all with me tonight? Beholding the beauty of the Lord is worship. That's worship. So you come, you know how they used to build, you know, cathedrals in those days. You just take a look at and you can see the splendor, the beauty, the majesty of the Lord. Plus the glory of the Lord filling the, the, the temple of the Lord. And then you are inquiring in his temple. To inquire in his temple is to ask him questions. Many of you are not growing in your walk with God because you don't ask questions. Lord, what is going on? Lord, what should I do? Lord, how is this going to turn out? And one of the reasons why that's been so is also because, you know, many of you, you've been sold a God that you, that you cannot have a relationship with. So they sold to you a God that is very far away. Huh? That you cannot, you know, that's the kind of God that Paul referenced in Hebrews chapter number 12. He says, if as little as a dove or a bird, you know, perched on it, he says it will be consumed. He says, but no, our God is not like that. Now we've come to Mount Zion. Hallelujah. The city of the living God. We are now come to the company of just men made perfect. Filled with innumerable company of angels. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The term of the word Abba, Father, uh, in the scripture that you find is an expression of, an, of intimacy with God. So you cannot truly declare Abba Father except you've walked or you're walking or you understand what it means to walk with God. Intimacy with God is a prerequisite for divine leading. It's the secret of the man of old. It's also one of the reasons why, you know, Bible tells us in Psalms chapter number 103, verse number 7, Bible says concerning Moses, he says, he shows his acts, uh, I mean his ways rather, you know, to the, um, to the children of Israel. His act to Israel, sorry, and his way to Moses. His act to Israel, then his ways to Moses. So the children of Israel, all the of Israel, all the way seen were just the actions. They just see the Lord displeased. But they don't understand the workings, the ways of the Lord. But the Lord showed that unto Moses. Listen, go through the scripture from Genesis down to Revelation. Everyone you can find in there uh, that walked with God were people of intimate relationship with the Lord. You know, sometimes, you know, many people seem to desire this microwave Christian lifestyle. Somebody who just got saved today, for example, you know, looking at somebody like me, I wants to become me overnight. No, I didn't get here overnight. No, no. Someone, I met someone today at March for Jesus, Regina. A young guy, you know, 
he lives in Winnipeg, attends one of our friend's churches in Winnipeg. So he says he came to the city to do some things and to support a friend of his who was doing something. So he said, ah, are you Pastor Walete Jumare? He said, yeah. He said, oh, I see your ministry. God is really doing amazing things through you guys in the city of Regina and blah, 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 blah. I don't like people asking me questions, especially if you don't know me. And it's simply because I don't like invasion or intrusion of my privacy. And that's the same reason nobody, even though I'm your pastor, would ever say pastor ever breached my privacy. Privacy. Never. I may know that something is going on with you and I'll keep my mouth shut about it because you've not brought it to me. So I felt a bit uncomfortable. He was young. So he didn't understand some certain, you know, etiquette or, you know, protocoling or, you know, of communication. But I indulged him, sit still, because I could see the thirst in him was genuine. All right? So I indulged him. He said, um, say, uh, how long have you been in ministry for? So I looked at him, I smiled. I said, ministry as in serving the Lord, ministering to people, I said over 20 years. He said, wow. He said, wow. But I get where he was trying to go. He was trying to reconcile his pastor and myself against what God is doing in my life and what God is doing over there. And he would not be able to fathom why, I mean, I look young, right? In any case, I'm young. And I know I'm actually very young because of recent two weeks, three weeks ago we were to do a fence with someone, our neighbor on the other side and he came to my house and then to ask me um, you know, if I would be willing you know, to join in the fence construction and all of that so I just got talking with him and saw his son who was a bit taller than I am the man was there and the man walked up to me and then said to me said, oh, you are new here and blah 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 Said, uh, so what college are you? That was what he said to me. I said, what college am I? He said, yeah. He said, he thought I'm here, you know, for studies, that I'm schooling here. He said, that's my son. He's 20 years old. So I saw Lashe. I said, that's my first son. I said, he's 11 years old. <laughs> Case closed. Intimacy with God. Intimacy with God. Jesus said to the people, He said, Tarry ye in Jerusalem until you be endued with power. The process of tarrying is the process of intimacy. And by the way, let me also say this. Listen, for the benefit, like people like um, Brother Chim Dindu, Statuyosi, KC, you know, um, and Brother um, Chai, I mean, um, Ike and, uh, you know, Sister Hope and the rest of them, there are two events you need to look out for in lofty heights this year. Can I tell you what they are? Number one is tarry. Listen, the moment you hear announcements being made, shut everything. If you want me to prostrate for you, I will. Tarry is such a very unique platform in this ministry. You know what we do? We do exactly what the name says. Tarry. Tarry. Coming, it's that communion I'm teaching you about. Some of them that have it, they have it in tarry. 
three days, Friday through Saturday, this place is open. People come in with their bed, their mattress, their pillow, their changing clothes, and all of all those stuff. In the Lord's presence. We know, Tari is not like three days of glory. So I'm not raining fire and brimstone. No, Lord, heal him. Lord, do this for them. No. Essence of Tari is God, use me. Can I shock you? That is where genuine members of this ministry receive the word to run with for the new year. Another one you need to watch out for is Festival of Grace. That holds in October. And now, you should also be looking out for without any out of doubt to overflow. That's our crossover service. Hallelujah. Tarry ye in Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Act chapter number one. The people were asking Jesus, when will the kingdom be restored? Jesus said you need the power first. Power can't come if you don't tarry. The process of tarrying is the process of intimacy. Acts chapter number 2. Bible says all of them were up in the upper room in, with one accord. They were praying. Intimacy. If you will not take anything out of this edition of deeper, make a vow to the Lord that at least once in a quarter, a quarter is three months, once in a quarter, you will dedicate certain days. It may be in the evening when you come back from work. But just prepare your spirit, soul, and body. Get back from work early enough. Let your children know. Let your partner know. Then lock yourself up in a room. If you can do it actually from Friday evening through Saturday morning, it will be fantastic. It will be great. You know, it's not the beauty of the space, okay, that will determine your ability to be visited by the Lord. It is the state of your heart. Did you hear what I said now? It is the state of your heart. Jonah cried out to the Lord from the belly of the fish. And the Lord heard him. So it is not in the beauty or the comfortability of the environment that determines the answerability of God. If you call him, um, what do you call them? Peter, Paul, and Silas, they were locked up in the prison. They were calling upon the name of the Lord. You can be in the grave, in the, in, the, in the hole, and still be calling upon the name of the Lord, and they will hear you. Tarry. The secret in the men of old is that they have genuine desires to be led of the Lord and to please him. Why do you think what would make Paul to say, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain? Philippians 1.21 to live is Christ, to die is gain. You know what that simply means? To live with Christ, to die, with, to die is gain simply means as long as I live, Jesus is the center, is the essence. Then when I die, that's a plus actually for me. Meaning that this world is of no effect. It's of no sense except with Christ. Let me begin to wrap up right now so that we can call it tonight. Bible tells us, still talking about intimacy with God, that Enoch walked with God and Enoch was not. This is what it means to please God. And again, like I said earlier on, revival. Okay? Revival is sustained on the altar of intimacy with God. Time alone with God. I want some of you to truly try this and I want to hear your feedback. I would I'd like to know what your feedbacks are. Intimacy with God. You may want to put this down in your notes. 
intimacy with God is the basis to join in with the Lord. You cannot walk with faith without intimacy with God. Don't forget, God's love language is what? Faith. Intimacy with God is the basis to join in with the Lord. Bible tells us that God said to himself that he cannot do anything without first revealing it to his servant to, to um, you know Abraham how can I hide this kind of thing from him God is seeking such people seeking such people who are thirsty for more of him who wants to worship him wants to walk with him in spirit and in truth every second of your being, even if you're falling, I mean if you're falling, you are being jacked back to life, say Lord I'm sorry I just did what I shouldn't do but my heart is yours my heart is yours I want to please you, I've heard many people say to me, how serving in the Lord's house and being in church on Wednesdays and on Sundays helps them to become better Christians so when we say come to church we are not saying we are not saying that because we want to populate the space. Take a look at the number of those of us who are here in the sanctuary right now. I mean, for a platform as this, you would expect that this place would be full. The gods of this world has blinded the eyes and the minds of many people. Many saw this; they know about deeper, you know, happening. It, it, it didn't make sense. It, it didn't make sense. Even as you were announcing it's a Bible teaching conference, it's a Bible teaching. Thirst. Thirst. Listen, 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 listen. Be thirsty more for the word than you are for deliverance and prophecy. Yearn for the written word more than you would yearn for deliverance or for prophecy. Intimacy with God. Let me touch on the second one, then I do the third one. Intimacy with God is the lengthiest, so I think I'm round, wrapping up. I told you I'll share with you three things that would help you, you know, to, um, you know, walk with God. Right? To be led of the Lord, to follow, do divine leading. Number one, intimacy with God. Number two, obedience to his leading. You see, being intimate with God is beautiful. But being obedient to God's leading is even much more beautiful. And I dare say, like I said earlier, God tests us via different means. And I'll keep telling you that when you are repeatedly disobeying God's voice, you're hearing, that's your spirit ear now, your spiritual capacity to hear him begins to become blunt because of your continual disobedience. Obedience to his leading. Obedience to his leading. In 1 Samuel chapter number 15, it's a lengthy verse uh, chapter of the Bible. I won't go through it. I've done teachings around it before. 1 Samuel chapter number 15. If you start reading from verse number 1. Bible tells us about Saul and how God gave him specific instructions you know, um, the Agog, you know, yes, Samuel also said to Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people, 
right? It says, over Israel, now therefore heed the voice of the words of, of the words of the Lord. Give me the next verse. Now, the previous verse says, heed the voice of the word of the Lord. That's to obey, right? Then verse number two, he gave him the instructions. He says, thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel. How he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. When you read further down, you then see God specifically told Saul, say, go and destroy them. He says, utterly destroy them. God said to him, he said, spare nothing. Are you all with me tonight? God said to him, what? God said to him, spare nothing. Kill all of them. Destroy everything. Take all the whatever. Bible says that Saul did many of the things that God asked him to do. You know his downfall? He saw an artifact. You know in those days they used gold and all those precious items as incense of offering unto the Lord. Bible says that Saul kept it. So God said destroy everything. You now found this chair because you used this chair as worship for the Lord. And I said, ah, oh, okay, God had told me to destroy everything, but this chair, I'm not going to destroy this particular chair because this one is going to be used as a sacrifice to my God. That was why Samuel said to him, is obedience not better than sacrifice? When you get back home, go read it. For Samuel chapter number 15. See, can you see it? God bless media. They've woken up. Hallelujah. He says, so Samuel said, as the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, because Saul didn't keep that item, the things he spared for his own benefit, for his good. His love for the Lord make him to keep, to keep, to keep it. You say it's common sense, right? But you don't deal with God in that way. Common sense was the same thing that killed the, what's the guy called? Uriah. No, is it Uriah? That one that supported uh, Uzziah. You know, that supported the Ark of Covenant. He did not know that it was God himself. He wanted to, so God, don't forget. God, God, let me carry you. Bible says right there, God struck him dead. So this story, I've done teachings on this multiple times. You see, it strikes me. If Saul kept those items for his own good, I would have said, ah, oh yeah, now I know, now I understand. The Bible said that wasn't the case. He said to himself, I don't know if media can find that place in that chapter number 15. When he found that item, he said to himself, he wasn't going to destroy this particular one. And then he was going to keep it and use it as a sacrifice for his God. See, look at it. Please celebrate media. 1 Samuel 15, 15. 1 Samuel 15, 15. He says, and Saul said, now I said they should celebrate you, they clapped their hands. Right? The day I take a swipe. Don't say, pastor, you took a swipe. Oh, okay, I'm just saying. Amen. Clap for them again one more time. Bible says, and Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people speared the best of the sheep and the oxen. Why did they do that? Look at To sacrifice to the Lord your God. And the rest will have utterly destroyed. Why should that have been a crime? 
you understand it? Do you understand that? Then in the next verse of verses, Samuel then said, "Ah, uh-uh, be quiet. And I will tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to me, speak on. Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? It went on like that. Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Verse number 19. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? In other words, why didn't you follow that lady? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Oh. So the disobedience to the Lord is evil unto him. Listen. And so said to Simon, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, king of Amalek. I have utterly destroyed the Amalekite. Look at the next one. But the people took of the plunder sheep and oxen the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Look at the next verse. So Samuel said, As the Lord has great delight in both offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed the fat of Ram. Bible says further, this is what I'm looking for. God bless you, glory. Bible says further, it says for rebellion is as the sin of witchcrafts and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Give me this in other versions. God sees disobedience as witchcraft. So when you say somebody is a witch, it's not literally just a witch. Is this, okay, amplify classic. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as idolatry and teraphim. Give me another version. get one more. This is NLT. Rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft. See what God compares disobedience to. Listen. To following the Lord's leading, obedience is required. And can I shock you? You can have intimacy with God, yet be disobedient to his leading. And I will show you an example you find one in the life of this guy called Jonah. God sent him to Nineveh. It's another story that's very, very weird and funny to me. Jonah 1, 1 to 3. God sent him to Nineveh. You know what he did? Bible says he went to Joppa, the next whatever bus stop, then boarded a bus. Bible says he paid transport fare to Tashish. Look at but Jonah arose to flee to Tashish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found the ship going to Tashish. So he paid the fear. May you not pay the transport fear for your destruction. No? So he paid the fear and went down into it. If you go read further down, you see what happened. That ship capsized. Then they now cast lots because they knew somebody was walking in disobedience. Then the lot the cast fell on brother Jonah. So he began to beg, don't kill me. 
just throw me overboard. Throw me out of the whatever. Bible says eventually they did that. But God in his mercy, you know what he did? He prepared a whale to carry him in for three days. If you read further down, right? Bible tells us while Jonah, chapter number four, I should think, Jonah explained to God why he went to Tashish, right? Instead of Nineveh. He said because he knew, because God told him, go to Nineveh and go and tell them that they are wrong. They've sinned. I'm going to destroy them. But Jonah knew God to be the God of mercy. And he was too particular about his own calling and his ministerial gifting and anointing. So he knew that if he goes to Tashish and tells them what God had told him to tell them, that when those ones cry unto God, God would have mercy on them. Right? Then Jonah would now seem like a liar. So he was trying to protect his own image as against the instruction, the leading of the Lord. Give me that verse that says that eventually he said to God, I think he just displayed it. You know, he says he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord. Uh -huh. Can you see? Can you see chapter number four, verse number two? So he prayed to the Lord and, and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tashish. For I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who will relent from doing harm. So think about it. Jonah did not disobey God because he felt like disobeying God. He did it because he knew God to be a good God. Yet, he lived in the belly of a fish for three days. You won't understand that experience except you live in the belly of a fish for three days. Amen. Obedience. The last but not the least for tonight. Number one, again, intimacy with God. Number two, obedience. And the last but not the least, number three, boldness to obey in his leading. 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 This Wednesday, if you can, don't miss recharge. The Lord ministered a word, a teaching to my spirit that I'm going to teach this word coming Wednesday. All right. Boldness. Give me Acts chapter number 4, 27 to 31. Acts chapter number 4, 27 to 31. Acts chapter number 4, 27 to 31. Wait. Take off that scripture. Let me explain such that they just won't look at the script. Listen, pay attention to this, everyone. You can have solid intimacy with God, say to yourself. You can be desirous of obeying his leading. Actually, you can obey his leading, yet not be bold to doing all he's asked you to do. Now, give me that scripture, Acts chapter number 4, 27 to 31. You would understand what I mean better now. Take a look at your screen. Bible says, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together. Right? To do whatever your hand and your purpose determined you know to be done. Look, look on. Now, 
this was the um, disciples, the apostles praying. He says, now, Lord, look on their threats and grant your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. Please move on. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. 31. See what then happens as a result of that prayer. Bible says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Listen, listen. You can't enter your dominion without boldness. This is audacity of faith. There are some of you under the sound of my voice right now. God committed certain things to you. Via intimacy, the Lord spoke unto you. You want to obey him, but you have fears. That's what I'm talking about. See, to follow in divine leading, you must be bold about it. Listen, lofty height is what lofty height is because of my bold nature. And I think that this level of boldness that I have is even small. Because if not, the entirety of this city should have been emptied into this place. Just two days ago, I was still thinking about this and I was saying to God, Lord, I'm sorry. Because now, it's running to two years since we started using this space. Sunday services, we are not filled to the brim yet. We should have been. Those souls are in this city. It takes boldness to launch. Boldness. Why will they be praying for, for boldness? To lay hands on the sick, you must be bold. Many of them in WPT, in fact, one of my daughters, I was still telling her, you know, on Wednesday, right, I was saying to her, I said, when you get there and you want to do what you want to do, I said, by faith, declare whatever God said to you. You cannot operate or manifest even gift of the Spirit if you are timid. You will not be, lay, be able to lay hands on the sick. And to, to know that it works, you'd have to test it. The way to know that it works is by putting it to test. And you can't test it if you're fearful. Rise up on your feet tonight. You can't test it if you're fearful. You cannot test it if you're fearful. Boldness. Boldness. You've got to be bold. Give me this mountain, oh Lord, or I die. In executing divine leading, you must be bold about it. Listen, be bold about your conviction, about your faith. Be bold about it. These ones that would be having an event and then, you know, will distribute banners and say, I'm begging you all to please share, send to your friends and loved ones. And many of you are ashamed too. He is a proof of where your heart is. Be bold about it. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation for everyone that believes. To the Jew first, then to the Gentiles. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I want you to pray as we wrap up tonight. We're going to begin by thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for the gift of the ministry of your word tonight. Give God thanks. Give him thanks and do it genuinely. 
do it genuinely. Lord, thank you for the gift of the ministry of your word. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you. Now, I want you to pray. You see, those prayers, the prayers we're going to be praying within the brevity of time, we're going to take it in the light of all that you've learned tonight. All I've taught you tonight is about divine leading. And the first thing I talked about was intimacy with God. Would you open up your mouth and pray now and ask, Lord, help me to become more intimate with you. Please pray like student of the Bible. Help me, Jesus, to become more intimate with you. Help me to love you more. If you're watching online, pray. Help me, Lord, to love you more. I want to be more intimate with you. Let that be the cry of your heart. I told you my secret on earth. My secret is my love for the Lord. My love for the Lord. My love for the Lord. Father, help me to become more intimate with you. The grace to creating time for you. Spending time alone with you. Spending time alone with you. The psalmist says, as the deer pant for the waters by the riverside. He says, so does my heart pant after you. Lord, help me, help me, help me. Let my heart pant after you. I want you to please pray. I'm begging you, pray. Help me, Lord Jesus. Make the affairs of this world of no effect in my life. Make them of no consequence, of no, of no regard in my life. But help me, Lord Jesus, help me. Help me to loving you, help me. Help me to knowing you more, help me. Help me, help me. As the deer pants for the waters by the riverside, so does my soul pant after thee. You need a thirst to walk with God. You need to have a thirst for intimacy with him. Remember my definition of intimacy with God. Consistent desire. Unquenching thirst to knowing the Lord more. Lord help me. Lord help me. To create more time for you. Help me Lord. Help me. To become more intimate with you. Help me. Those of you watching online. I need you to please pray. Pray. Revival is intimacy with God. That's what revival is. Lord, help me. Lord, help me to be more intimate with you. The same way the deer pants for the waters by the riverside, so cause my soul to pant after you. Every day of my life, let me never have enough of you. Would you pray tonight? Let me never have enough of you. Lord, let me not have enough of you. I don't want to have enough of you. I want more 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 of you. Help me to manage my time that I may have time for you. Help me to create in time for intimacy with you. Just you and I, Lord Jesus. Just you and I. Help me, Lord Jesus, to create a moment of intimacy with you. 
You can have that moment in your car. That's why I don't play nonsense songs in my vehicle. Intimacy. Intimacy. Intimacy with God will deepen your love for the Lord. Intimacy with God will deepen your love for the Lord. Lord, help me. Help me. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me. See, to walk in this reality, you must be thirsty for it. You need grace, the enablement. The enablement to be able to do this. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. The last, I mean the second to the last rather of the prayer I should pray tonight is the second point. What was the second point I gave you? Obedience. Obedience is leading. So I want you to pray. Father, even when it is not convenient for me, help me to obey your leading. Turn that to prayer. There is no such thing as partial obedience. Pray. Father, even when it is not convenient for me, please help me to obey in your leading. Even when it is not convenient, Lord, help me to obey in your leading. Lord, help me to obey in your leading, even when it is not convenient. Lord, help me to obey in your leading. Help me, Jesus, to obey in your leading. Obedience is required for divine leading. To the little things, the little things, the little things, as I become more sensitive to you, Lord, help me to obey your leading. Help me, Jesus, to obey in your leading. Thank you, Chima. Help me, Lord Jesus, to obey in your leading. Help me. Even when it is not convenient for me, help me to obey in your leading. In Jesus' mighty name, we'll pray. You know, I heard the Lord wanting us to make a variation of that prayer. And the variation is, because you see, many times, like I told you earlier on, the leading of the Lord may cost you associations, friendships. Sometimes it's leading you will not understand. So the Lord wants us to pray. See after me, Father, even when I do not understand, please help me to obey you. Go ahead and pray. Even when it does not make sense to me, Lord, help me to obey you. Because his leading will not always make sense. Even when it does not make sense to me, Lord, help me to obey you. Even when it does not make sense to me, Lord, help me to obey you. Even when I do not understand, Yahweh, help me to obey you. Those of you watching online, I beseech you by the mercies of the Lord, make sure you are praying. Even when it doesn't make sense to me, Lord, help me to obey you. Lord, help me to obey you. When I do not understand why, Lord, help me to obey you. When I cannot understand why, some of you are about entering another phase in life. Even when it doesn't make sense, Lord, help me to obey you. When I do not understand why, Lord, help me to obey you. Help me, Lord Jesus, to obey you. Help me, Lord. Help me. When I do not understand, help me to obey you. 
Lord, when it does not make sense to me, Lord, help me to obey you. Help me, Lord Jesus, to obey you. Even when it doesn't make sense, Lord, help me to obey you. When you ask me to go do something, it may be as simple as you apologizing to someone. And you'll be saying, Lord, but I'm not the one at fault. He's the one at fault. She's the one at fault. I'm not the one at fault. And all of, even when it does not make sense to me, help me to still obey you. Come on, pray it one more time. Pray it more. Pray it more. Even when it doesn't make sense, Lord, help me to obey you. Even when it doesn't make sense, Lord, help me to obey you. Even when I do not understand, Lord, help me to obey you. Help me, Lord, to obey you. Help me, Lord, to obey you. Even when it doesn't make sense, Yahweh, help me to obey you. Help me, Lord Jesus, to obey you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. The last but not the least that we're going to pray was the third point I gave you. And that was what? Boldness. So now you pray. You saw it in Acts chapter number 4. How the apostles prayed. That with all boldness they may preach the word. Right? So you're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, give me the boldness to follow in your leading. It's that simple. Go ahead and pray. Give me the boldness, Lord, to follow in your leading. Give me the boldness, Lord, to follow in your leading. Father, give me the boldness to follow in your leading. Give me, Lord, the boldness to follow in your leading. Give me the boldness. Rebuke timidity. Now, rebuke it. All those projects, all those thoughts, and you begin to wonder, how shall these things be? You've had intimate moments with the Lord. The Lord has spoken to you. You want to do it, but you are timid. You are wondering, if I start the business, will it sell? Will people buy? But God has told you, go ahead and start. If I write the exam, will I pass? But God has said, go and write the exams. If I build a house, if I go ahead with the house, will I be able to sustain it? But God has told you, you, the Lord has told you, you should move. And you are wondering, if I move, will I thrive? But God has told you to move. Lord, give me the boldness. That's where boldness comes. Give me the boldness to follow in your leading. Give me the boldness, Lord. Give me, Lord, the boldness to follow in your leading. I need you to please pray. Give me the boldness to follow in your leading. Begin to bring your prayers to an end now. Begin to bring your prayers to an end. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Let me pray over you all. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, thank you for the opportunity of being able to share your word yet again, deeper. Thank you for the gift of the ministry of your word. We do not take it lightly. You've told us tonight how much you desire to lead us. You've told us about the things we need to do, the need to cultivate intimacy with you. You've told us and you've taught us tonight the need to obey you. We've understood the need tonight to be bold about our conviction when we are sure you're the one leading us. And so, Lord, we'll pray this night and I release the grace upon your children that we will not be hearers of the word alone, we'll be doers of them. 
the grace to go put into practice right now. Everything we've learned here by your spirit, Lord, we receive. At the next edition of Deeper, Lord, I declare in the name of Jesus, everyone under the sound of my voice gets better. Better and better. Especially in their communion and their koinonia with you. Especially in their intimacy with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. I declare, Father, these ones will not hearken to the voices of strangers. Your voice alone they will hearken unto you. And their lives will not be the same again. In Jesus' mighty name of prayer. Amen, amen, and amen. Has it been a great time for you guys? Come on, celebrate Jesus. We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.